A reading from the book of the prophet Micah. Shepherd your people, your staff, the flock of your inheritance, that dwells apart in a woodland, in the midst of Carmel. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead, as in the days of old, as in the days when you came from the land of Egypt. Show us wonderful signs. Who is there like you, the God who removes guilt and pardons sin from the remnant of his inheritance? Who does not persist in anger forever, but delights rather in clemency, and will again have compassion on us, treading underfoot our guilt? You will cast into the depths of the sea all our sins. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and grace to Abraham as you have sworn to our fathers from days of old. Verbum Domini.
Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Luca. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them, Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the, the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here am I, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son, who had been out in the field and on his way back as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always, 
everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. As we know, the central message of the season of Lent is penance and conversion. We are called to come to a deeper awareness of our own sinfulness, acknowledge our sin humbly and sincerely, and work to deepen our conversion through works of penance, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Repentance, or metanoia, involves a change in one's mind, which manifests itself in a change in one's thoughts, words, and actions. We recognize our sinfulness and our tendency to serve ourselves, and we strive to turn back to the Lord with all our hearts. And what seems to be overlooked during Lent is the merciful heart of, of the God we have forsaken, towards whom we are turning back in repentance. Oftentimes we act like the Pharisees and scribes, judging for ourselves who we think is worthy of forgiveness and mercy, while deeming ourselves as worthy of every good thing from the Lord. We might look down upon those who are stuck in the mire of sin, as if we are better or superior to them. In their arrogance and smugness, the Pharisees and scribes complain that Jesus welcomes tax collectors and sinners and eats with them. They seem to view God as only being favorable towards those with the appearance of piety, while rejecting sinners as having forsaken God with no possibility of redemption. <clears throat> in response, Jesus launches into three parables that describe the love and mercy of our Heavenly Father. The first parable is the man who leaves 99 sheep behind in order to go after the one sheep who is lost. The second parable is the woman with the 10 silver coins who goes after the one lost coin. And when both the lost sheep and the lost coin are found, the man and the woman rejoice greatly, and they in <clears throat> invite their neighbors to rejoice along with them. There is great rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the others who have no need of repentance. The third parable, is the one that we heard today, which is commonly called the parable of the prodigal son or the parable of the merciful father. In the first two parables, the ones who lost the sheep and the coin went out actively looking for them. 
And these perhaps represent those sinners who stray away from God without fully intending it, perhaps without even knowing it or fully knowing it. Perhaps they did so out of ignorance or curiosity. And the Lord actively seeks them out to bring them back. In the third parable, the father allows his son to take his share of the inheritance and to go off to a distant country and squander it. This time the son knows what he's doing, that he is separating himself from his father and he's turning back his back on him. The father honors the son's decision. He respects his son's free will and he allows his son to take his inheritance and go. Our Heavenly Father honors and respects our decisions, even when we choose to sin against him. He does not actively will that we forsake him, but he allows us to do so if we choose. And by taking his inheritance into a foreign land, the son practically renounces his sonship. In modern terms, we would say that the, fa- the son disowns the father. And as a result, having squandered his inheritance, the son is reduced to poverty and undignified labor, working with swine. He has gone from enjoying the status of a son who has all of his needs met to a lowly slave who's starving. The son comes to his senses. He realizes what he had in the first place with his father. And he decides to return to his father, not to beg for his sonship back because he had forsaken that, but to be treated as a mere servant. You know, even the servants of his father are treated better than he is at this point. So he'll even accept being welcomed back as a servant. Now at this point, the Pharisees and scribes might be thinking to themselves, well, it serves him right. The son got exactly what he deserved. The father should have nothing more to do with him. Yet Jesus overturns their expectations. The son does not even have the chance to get the words out of his mouth before the father embraces him and throws a celebration for him. Even though the son had squandered his inheritance and turned his back on his father, he never actually lost his sonship to begin with. It had nothing to do with material property or material wealth. The father unhesitatingly restores his sinful son to his full status as a son even though he only sought to be regarded as a servant. And the older son, who is envious of the younger son, represents the Pharisees and scribes. They should also rejoice at the conversion of sinners, but their bitterness and hardness of heart prevent them. They instead look down upon anyone who they perceive as less holy and righteous than themselves. 
And so through this parable, Jesus demonstrates God the Father's desire of the return of those of his wayward children who sin and turn away from him. He wants them to return, and he's ready to embrace them. Now during Lent, we rejoice to have such a heavenly Father who is so merciful that he receives us back when we have sinned grievously and we return to him humbly, not demanding anything from him, but approaching him in humility, recognizing our sinfulness. He shows us that we never lose our status as his sons and daughters, even when we have sinned grievously. The angels and saints rejoice at the repentance of one sinner. And we should likewise desire not the death of any sinner, but that he or she should turn away from sin and turn back to the Lord and live, because that's exactly what our Lord wills. We should rejoice even when a great sinner experiences a deathbed conversion, Even if they've lived a life of dissipation their entire life and they have a deathbed conversion, we should rejoice. Those who rejoice over sinners who repent are in great company with the angels and saints in heaven. We should desire the conversion of sinners, most especially ourselves, and work towards this end in imitation of our Lord.